Hey, welcome to what I'm calling an interlude. These are going to be mini cases in between our bigger cases about things that are currently happening in the true crime world about people of color that I feel like should be getting out there. They might also include interviews. Don't know yet, so figure it out. So welcome to the journey. Uh, during these interludes, I'm going to be presenting maybe like one or two cases here and there. You know, nothing too intensive. Just short little blurbs and things that like I see on my news feed that I want to talk about. Now, this first case I'll be talking about today is the grand jury that refuses to indict a Columbus cop who killed 16-year-old Micaiah Bryant. Some of you may have seen this case. This happened last year, but uh, there's going to be a quick refresher and then an update. Now, Brian was 16 when she was killed in April 2012 by Columbus, Ohio, police officer Nicholas Reardon. It led to the Justice Department review of the city's whole ass, the police department. The Columbus police officer who shot and killed 16-year-old Micaiah Bryan last year has been cleared of any criminal wrongdoing by Ohio prosecutors announced recently. I was going to say Friday, but I don't know when this is going to air. <laughs> Bryant was killed in April by a Columbus officer, Nicholas Reardon, as she swung a knife at a young woman just seconds after being pushed on the ground by another girl. Bryant was black and Reardon is white, so you know, that's adding context and tension. Police were responding to a 911 call made by Bryant's foster home about a group of girls threatening to stab a member of the household. The killing led to the Justice Department review of the whole police department in Ohio's capital city. Bryant was shot four times and died from her injuries. The coroner listed the cause of death as a homicide, which, to clear things up, a medical is a medical determination used in cases where someone has died at someone else's hand, but it's not a legal finding, so it doesn't imply actual criminal intent. Bryant's killing further heightened tensions in Ohio's capital city over fatal police shootings of black people and also cast a light on the state's foster care system and the flaws within it because i mean it's not just ohio yeah ohio sucks but the foster care system in america is flawed in many ways everywhere no shade to people from ohio a little bit of shade to people now in announcing the grand jury decision special prosecutors tim markley noted that under Ohio law, the use of deadly force by police officers is justified when there exists an immediate and imminent threat of death or serious bodily harm to the officer or another. They said the decision followed a full review of the shooting. The woman Bryant was attacking was... Uh, Shionta Craig. She had formerly lived at the house, but had returned and argued with her that day, according to Craig's statement to police released this this Friday, which time I don't know when it's gonna release. <laughs> a week after Brian's death, Columbus Mayor Andrew Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther might be pronouncing that wrong invited the Justice Department to review the police department for possible deficiencies and racial disparities. The U.S. Justice Department accepted and last fall agreed to review the practices of the police department, saying its Office of Community and Oriented Policing Services would conduct a review of what the department called technical assistance 
in such areas as training, recruitment, including a focus on diversity and creating an early intervention system for officers. Columbus, the county's 14th largest city, has recorded several contested police shootings, including the 2012 killing of 27-year-old Miles Jackson in an emergency room and a 2020 shooting death of 47-year-old Andre Hill. The white police officer who fatally shot Andre Hill has pled not guilty to a number of charges brought against him by the state attorney general's office. I this I I didn't think this would be the outcome, honestly. It's not the outcome people wanted. And I think it just continues to shine a light on the issues of policing because I personally don't think that that 16-year-old girl had to die. She swung a knife, sure. I I just don't know. I don't know. I just don't think she had to die. Now, on to our next case, which is about a wild incident that happened in, of course, Florida about a... So the Tona police released pictures of a person of interest who was involved in a Grizzly Bike Week double murder. Florida. It's Florida. Authorities in Florida have recently released images of a man with whom we like to talk to in regards of two grizzly murders over the week at a bike thing, bike festival. Daytona Beach Police posted three pictures and a video, all seemingly from surveillance footage, of a man they're calling a person of interest in the murder of Terry Altman, 48, and his wife, Brenda, 55, on a Saturday night slash Sunday morning. So police had received a 911 call just before 2 a.m. on Sunday about two bodies on the side of a road of a residential neighborhood in the city. Uh, quote, to quote, we found two people possibly dead. The man who called 911 told his dispatcher in a recording obtained by Orlando NBC. Uh, he described the scene as blood being everywhere. Police found Terry Oldham face down and Brenda face up on the southeast corner of North Wild Olive Ave and Riverview Boulevard, which is just two blocks from the Atlantic Ocean near the city's historic district. Both had had their throats slashed and both had multiple stab wounds around their body. Daytona Beach Police Chief Jarek Young said that it appeared the couple had been dragged off the bikes they were riding and were killed. The couple had been bicycling home from the city's Bike Week Festival, an 81-year-old festival which calls itself the world's largest motorcycle event. The police originally said that the person of interest was a man of unknown race wearing a light-colored pants and possibly carrying a backpack. In the pictures and video released to the public, the man described as a person of interest is wearing a black cowboy-style hat, a scarf, and a Burberry a weird pattern on it a gray tank top some sort of necklace and a low slung white drawstring pants with uh, like Timberland boots on and he was also wearing brick gloves I'll post the pictures and stuff uh, he is carrying a backpack with two yellow stripes police also attempted to capture tattoos the man had on his right arm and shoulder but it wasn't really that clear the video taken from the surveillance cameras around 12 or 9 a.m. on Sunday appeared to show him walking east along the south side Seabreeze Boulevard. What Daytona News Journals reported reporting that this was just two blocks away from where the Oldmans were killed. So in the video they released, 
uh, you see him basically in an area which is two blocks away from where the killing occurred and where the bodies were found. So he's not only, he was depicted in the same vicinity, really close in the area. Uh, one of the released pictures also shows him apparently conversing with a bearded man in a red t-shirt. I almost said conversating, but then I was like, wait a minute, the words conversing. The Oatmans had reportedly moved to Daytona Beach just six months ago, according to local news journals. Uh, Brenda's Oldsum's daughter, Sherry Turner, referred to the couple's newly purchased home as their dream home in a GoFundMe post to raise, in a GoFundMe post to raise costs for the funeral expenses, which I'll be linking in the show notes too. To quote, my mom was my best friend and the best mom ever. Selfless, caring, and a kind, loving, hilarious person. They were so loved and adored by every person that had the honor to know them. I'm going to miss their raw humor and witty banter. Brenda's ex-husband had also very good things to say about them, even though they had been divorced for 20 years. He called her a sweetheart and a wonderful person. And he said that she also got along with everybody and just generally was not a violent person. She and Terry had reportedly been married for nine years. Police are currently asking for anyone who has any information about this person, whose pictures I will be sharing, to call the Daytona Beach Police. And I'll be putting the contact information in the show notes. This dude looks scary. Like, he looks like a big, scary dude. He's just like a... From the pictures, he's just like a big, tall black dude with a cowboy hat and like a pashmine scarf I hope someone finds him I don't want him out on the streets anymore because he seems dangerous um yeah I think I find it really suspect that the pictures and videos show him just two blocks away from what was happening uh the gloves it's giving OJ Hey, so I'm wearing different clothes because, you know, the thing about reporting things as they happen is they develop in real time. And we do have a development. So when it comes to the uh, Daytona bike killer, an arrest was made and it was Gene McCain. McCain was apprehended in Orlando at 11 a.m. on Thursday, March 10th by a task force that included the United States Marshal Service and the Orange County Sheriff's Office and the Orlando Police Department. McCain was booked into the Orange County Jail in Orlando on two counts of first-degree murder, and he has yet to get any legal representation, and there is no motive. So, again, I will continuing. I will be continuing to report on this as it happens because I I want to know why. <laughs> so back to the interlude and me not dressed like this. But hey, that was this interlude. I'm going to be doing more of these. They're more just like cases I find and write about. Honing my craft, you know? Getting more snappy with it. So enjoy the music. Kisses from the homie, me. Bye.
I'm 